Greetings and salutations. Welcome to day 24 of the Black Music Month 30 series here on the Chris Pods and Things podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Chris Stevens. Hopefully you have been enjoying the series so far if you've been riding with us. If this is your first time tuning in, the CPNT show is doing a Black Music Month 30 series. June is Black Music Month. There are 30 days in the month of June, and I'm talking about 30 albums that I enjoy that help shape my musical taste, albums that are critical or key to an artist's development, or albums that might have just fallen under the radar from a known artist or an unknown artist. Today, we get back into the P-Funk. We talked about Funkadelic, the more rock and roll heavy stuff that George Clinton was doing at the time. We get into the R&B jazzier sound with Parliament today, and we're talking about the classic Chocolate City. As previously mentioned, Funkadelic and Parliament are two separate entities. Funkadelic is more rock-based. Parliament is R&B, soul, jazz, maybe I guess we'll call some, some of the Parliament stuff disco. I wouldn't call it disco. But anyway. Chocolate City, released in April of 1975. It is the second Parliament album on Casablanca Records. Remember now, Parliament, the name that George Clinton lost the rights to in the early part of the 1970s, he didn't get that back until 1974 when he released Up for the Downstroke. That was when Casablanca was able to get them out of their previous contract as Parliament and move them over to Casablanca. Important to note, George Clinton had two bands doing two different types of music, or three or four, depending on your view, on two different labels. Funkadelic was on Westbound Records. Parliament was on Casablanca. Two different labels, two entirely different sounds. To pull that off with the same musicians, mind you, no, this isn't a case of two different sets of bands, two different sets of musicians playing two different sets of music. These are the same people playing two, three, four different styles and getting into different characters at the same time. Absolutely amazing when you think about it. We don't talk about that enough. We don't talk about George Clinton as one of the great band leaders in American music history. Because for all of the drugs and the hijinks, you still had to get in there and play the music. And those guys were able to switch in between styles so seamlessly that it's absolutely mind-blowing. Anyway, Chocolate City. The title track starts the album off, and it is George Clinton's love letter to Washington, D.C., which, of course, for the longest time, was known as Chocolate City. Because black people through the Great Migration from the turn of World War One through the Civil Rights era of the 50s and 60s, had moved and immigrated from, from the rural roots of the South into larger cities in the North, in the Midwest, on the East Coast, and on the West Coast. So that's why you have a lot of these folks with Detroit roots, but their ancestors come from like Mississippi and Arkansas and Alabama and Texas, and Florida, and Georgia, and Tennessee, and South Carolina, North Carolina, and all of that. And that's why a lot of these cities today are known as chocolate cities, because their ancestors migrated northwest for a better life. And D.C. was one of those places where a lot of black people from the South Atlantic headed up. So that is why D.C. has had such a large black population for such a long time. I don't know if that's still true in recent years. I know I got some folks in the DMV that follow me on Twitter. They will let me know if this is still the case. But yeah, Chocolate City the Track is a love letter to DC for all the support that the Washington area was showing Parliament and Funkadelic 
in the early stages because this is this is before flashlight. This is before One Nation Under Groove. This is before Knee Deep. This is Parliament Funkadelic in their rawest form. And for the DMV to get on board with a sound like that, it's interesting because DC, of course, around this time, a gentleman by the name of Chuck Brown was creating a sound all his own. It would be called Go-Go eventually. That DC has always been a place where the spirit of inclusion has always been part of who they are. They have their own style. Make no mistake about it. You set foot in DC proper for about 15 seconds and you know who is a native and who isn't. It's clear as day. You know who has come from somewhere else and you know who is 10 toes down. You know who's Ben's Chili Bowl, Mambo Sauce, the Redskins when they were the Redskins, they're the commanders now. The bull, the Wizards when they were the Bullets, you know, those type of folks. And Go-Go. It's cool that George Clinton realized that D.C. was a great place before the rest of black America, quite frankly, caught on. And granted, D.C. has always been kind of like this hidden gem of sorts of blackness, in my opinion. Like, I lived in St. Mary's County, Maryland from 2007 to 2011. My job would take me to D.C. every once in a while for tournaments and assignments and different things of that nature. Every time I went to D.C., I loved it there. The only thing I hated about Washington, D.C. is the fact that it's the worst place in America to drive. I have never driven in New York. I have scant driving experience in Philadelphia. But I can tell you without, without a shadow of a doubt that Washington, D.C. is the worst fucking laid out streets in America. And I will fight on this hill. I love my D.C. people. Love my DMV homies. Shout y'all out. But that city sucks to get around in. Makes no sense how bad the streets are drawn up in D.C. Off topic. Back to Chocolate City, the album. It is a little bit of everything on this album. As I said, the title track is George Clinton's Love Letter to Washington, D.C. It talks about how we're getting Chocolate Cities. This is 1975, mind you. Things that we take for granted now in 2022 were kind of surprising in 1975. There's a lot of Chocolate Cities around. We got Newark. We got Gary. Someone told me we got L.A. And we're working on Atlanta. But you're the capital, CC. Atlanta wasn't always the black mecca that it is today. Atlanta, to me, if you ever watch the movie Belly and you hear Nas talking about, let's just give this all up and go to Africa, that's what Atlanta is for black people in the millennial age. It's like, yo, ain't nothing happening here where I live. I'm going to move to Atlanta. And Atlanta natives and residents have told y'all time and time again, they are full. Stop going down there. Find somewhere else to create a new life for yourself. Atlanta's a great city to visit, but don't contribute to the congestion. Because people talk about it's traffic 24-7, 365 in Atlanta. Like, you can't even catch a break in the overnight hours driving through Atlanta, Georgia. But yes, back then, Atlanta, Georgia was not a chocolate city. It is a chocolate city now, but back in those days, it wasn't quite there yet. But yeah, George Clinton's Love Letter to D.C. is the title track. Rest of the album... You get a little bit of everything. For one, Bootsy Collins is back. Bootsy took a break from the P-Funk crew from about 1973 to 1974, 1975-ish. I have to think it was about money. I don't know if it was creative differences, but it probably was about money because George did not do very well with keeping with records and paying artists and musicians and songwriters. Love George Clinton to death, but he was too high to keep track of any of that shit. 
So people were broke, man. People are still broke. People went to their graves broke. And I know that sucks. And that's George's cross the bear. But that's the facts. Those are the facts. So I have to imagine that Bootsy just was dissatisfied with the way things were going. So he just walked away for a little bit. Came back on Chocolate City. And I think he started coming back on standing on the verge of getting it on album. I could be wrong for Funkadelic. I could be wrong. But yeah, Chocolate City. Bootsy's back. Bernie Worrell never left. The entire group that we know as the classic P-Funk lineup is in full effect. You got George Clinton overseeing it all. Bootsy on bass, guitar and drums. Tiki Fullwood on drums. Fuzzy Haskins doing the vocals. Eddie Hazel is back on guitar. Tyrone Lampkin on drums. Cordell Mawson on bass. Billy Nelson comes back for a spell on bass. Gary Scheider, Star Child, he was always around. Calvin Simon, Grady Thomas. Of course, Bernie Worrell, the musical genius. He is around as... The synthesizer man, the keyboard man, the arrangement man, the songwriter man. This is the classic Parliament Funkadelic lineup. And they're all working in perfect harmony on Chocolate City. As we've discussed earlier, Funkadelic is more rock and roll based. Parliament is heavy R&B. You've got Ride On. you got Together, Side Effects, What Comes Funky. Let Me Be is a gospel song that sounds like a field holler. It is definitely a spiritual. It's definitely one of those ones... That you can imagine our ancestors out in the cotton fields in 100 degree heat and those ridiculous rags that slave owners and masters gave them at the time. Just saying, let me be because this ain't it. And it is definitely a gospel song. I Misjudged You is probably the gem on the album because it sounds like new birth. It sounds like enchantment. It sounds like the shy lights. It sounds like everything that you wouldn't expect. From Parliament Funkadelic at this point. Like, yeah, they've done love songs before, but I Misjudge You is definitely something that you could possibly hear on A Quiet Storm if they had released it as a single back in those days. Again, this album is a love letter to Washington, D.C., and Washington, D.C. is the birthplace of The Quiet Storm on radio. So, yes, I Misjudge You absolutely sounds like it would fit in on Melvin Lindsay's initial shows when he was just finding records to play overnight at WHUR, because that's how The Quiet Storm started. But yes, the entire album, If I Misjudged You is a standout. Let Me Be is an excellent field holler. Together is an up-tempo track, as is Side Effects. If It Fit Don't Force It is one of those Parliament Funkadelic songs that makes you mad that it's so damn short. This is the second song in 1975 that Parliament Funkadelic released that was too damn short. Get Off Your Ass and Jam off Let's Take It to the Stage from Funkadelic. Two minutes even. If it don't fit, don't force it. Two minutes and seven seconds. We need more of this. There has to be an unreleased version of if it don't fit, don't force it and get off your ass and jam that's longer than the two minutes that have been released over time. That's at least my hope. But as far as Chocolate City as an influential album goes, it is probably the one album where you get Parliament Funkadelic and Parliament for the most part in its truest form as an R&B band. Because the way things changed with the Mothership Connection, the Mothership Connection album starts the whole P-Funk mythology. You know, Star Child, Sir Knows Devoid of Funk, all of those folks. Those folks will be introduced on the Mothership Connection and later on albums like Funkatelli versus the Placebo Syndrome. All these album titles are a mouthful. So when you hear these edits, trust me, I've said these names over and over and over again to make sure I don't screw them up. <laughs> that is the key when you are recording a podcast that you can plan ahead for. Like, if you're doing this shit live, it sounds really garbled. But when you have time to edit, sit down, and go through your mistakes and clean stuff up, 
you can take these mistakes out. It's the beauty of technology. Ain't it grand? But yes, Chocolate City is one of those albums that is important to black America in the sense that being proud of your blackness was still fairly young in those days. Remember, James Brown said, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud in 1968. Dr. King, near the end of his life, started calling out the sinister language of how everything white is pure and high and clean and black is somehow low, degrading and sinister. I mean, there's a great speech that says those very words that you can look them on YouTube today that says Dr. King says black is beautiful. It's about two minutes long. It's definitely near the end. It's probably like late 1967, early 1968 when he's saying this. Leaning into your blackness at that time was a fairly novel concept. And calling an album Chocolate City that gives love to a city that has seen people move from various remote outposts to make a name for themselves and make lives for their families was huge at this point. It's one of the most important albums of the 70s in black music, in my opinion. There are a few others that rank higher, but there aren't many. Because Chocolate City gives you everything that you want from Parliament, from a musical standpoint, from a vocal standpoint, from a concept standpoint. Because it's clear that DC's Spirit of Inclusion and Melting Pot vibe definitely rubbed off on Parliament producing this album. And that's why I enjoy Chocolate City so much. There's a little bit of everything on there. You get your dance tracks, you get your introspective joints, you get your love song, and mostly you just get the groove. And that's always been the thing with Parliament Funkadelic. As far as the groove goes, you definitely get your money's worth on Chocolate City. That's going to do it for day 24 of the CPNT show, Black Music Month 30 Series. Greatly appreciate y'all for listening. Anchor.fm forward slash C-H-R-I-S P-O-D, the letter N, T-H-A-N-G-S. Look for that as a sentence on Spotify, Chris Pods and Things. Subscribe to us there. You can catch up on every episode of the Black Music Month 30 Series so far. 24 down, 6 to go. We will see you tomorrow for day 25 of the BMM 30 Series. Thank you.